0: And now we'll kind of flip the conversation over. Because the NBA playoffs, we had the play-in tournament. That's all said and done. But it's officially underway tonight. And there's going to be some intriguing matchups on tap tonight. Like Mavs and Jazz should be a lot of fun. The nightcap, Nuggets, Warriors. And we'll talk about all that and so much more with our next guest. He is the managing editor for the NBA as part of The Athletic. He is one of South Louisiana's finest. And we're talking about Tyler Batiste. Tyler, how are you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Before we get into the NBA talk, I think we need to talk about what happened a couple of weeks ago because you were a busy man, probably more busy than you had been doing some NBA coverage because of how much wall to wall wrestling was going down in Jerry World, the biggest wrestling weekend of the year. WrestleMania weekend, you're out there covering it alongside your tag team partner, the other half of your Harlem Heat, I guess, with Chris Vanini over at the Athletic. What was that experience like for you, covering it versus maybe going as a fan?
1: I tell you, man, it was it was a uh, great. I'd never been in the press box for a wrestling event before, much less um, a press box like the one at Jerry World and a press box for an event as big as WrestleMania. Um, I went to Dallas. WrestleMania thirty two, and I just remember um, how much of a pain it was to get in. I think at the time they like they they switched over how they did the ticketing, maybe for ATC yeah. Stadium, and it was. I remember missing the first two pre show matches, and I think a large part of the third one, and it was just a pain again. And obviously, as a member of the media, uh, that wasn't an issue. But man, it, it was it was exciting. I was I was kind of expecting um, maybe expecting a couple of empty seats up at the top, but everything I saw was full. Um, you know, a great view with that with that huge video board. The crowd was hot both nights, I think night one just it really exceeded a lot of people's expectations and that just made people really excited for night two. and uh, just a great event overall and something I hope that they, they stick with going over this two night format. All
0: right, before we get to the two night format, you brought up something about the fact you were in the press box, you're in the press area. And one of the old rules, the old guard, they constantly tell you <laughs> no cheering in the press box. Now, was that rule lifted for two nights only in Jerry World where cheering was allowed, especially during a moment like Cody Rhodes debuting or making his return to the WWE?
1: I tell you, man, i would never been in a press box where there was as much reaction to what was going on as as that weekend. So I don't think the, uh, the wrestling journalists adhere to that that old school rule of no cheering in the press box. And I think a lot of them even took it a step further, uh, you know, kind of singing, uh, you know, Cody's theme song (laughs) and a couple of other ones as they were coming out. So yeah, that was something that took a little while to get used to just because of, uh, you know, what you're accustomed to from, from your own uh, career and and, and in the past, but uh, no, it was fun, man. I hope to do it again someday.
0: And if you had a chance to do it over, let's say next year, WrestleMania 39 rolls around and the athletics like, Hey Tyler, why don't you make it over there to Los Angeles? Go cover what is undoubtedly probably going to be the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, potentially Roman versus The Rock. I know they're already teasing it on Young Rock, but <laughs> the question is: Would you rather attend the event as a fan, or would you want to be kind of running it up again and be a media member for the show of shows?
1: You know what? This is going to sound weird, but uh, I think I'd rather I'd rather be there as as a media member. Um, I, uh, I it was a, it was just a unique experience. I mean, I've been to several. Um, events, WrestleMania, you know, SummerSlam, Raw, SmackDown, whatever. It's just a different perspective when you're in there with a lot of people who are covering, um, you know, what's going on, but also they're in the know. I mean, it's just like a regular press box. You hear people talking about rumors of what could happen or what they might have heard is happening. Um, You just kind of get a real different perspective. I think if I could change it next time, um, there were a lot of events um, locally around the Dallas area that a lot of superstars made appearances at, and, and I think it would have been good if we turned the dial up a little bit more and, and, and covered um, covered that a little bit more, got a few more stories out of that. But I think all in all, for the first go-around, um, I think our coverage was fantastic, and I hope people out there um, who found it over on the Athletics uh, website enjoyed it as well.
0: And it was some fantastic stuff, especially as you were watching it live. You had that going on, because trust me, I'm sure a lot yeah, of people yeah. were kind of doubling down because you had, obviously, the Final Four in New Orleans that Saturday, For watching, like me, I was watching Final Four on the big screen, and then on the laptop, having the Peacock stream, able to watch it all, just and and just engulf myself into all of it. But we bring up the fact it's a two night event now, a two night spectacular. Are you a fan, or are you not a fan of the two nights?
1: I'm a fan, man. I think I, you know, I've gone to a few WrestleManias, not counting this one that just happened. And they were all one night, and, and I'm sure you know this. Like by the time the main event rolls around, sometimes, especially if there's a pre-show and there's a couple of matches that, uh, on that, you know, you're an hour, you know, six, seven, eight of watching, you know, you know, live wrestling. Which I love wrestling, but that's a long night. it uh, sometimes it just kind of kills the crowd when you get toward the end, and, and 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 it doesn't give the performers the the attention, the juice, the Energy that they they deserve, especially when you're looking at something like a main event that they've built up to for you know weeks and months ahead of time. So um, the two night event, you know, obviously traffic and whatnot is um, can be a hassle, but you know to keep it at a nice you know three three and a half hours each night, you still have time to maybe get back to your your hotel room or see some friends or grab a grab a drink or two afterwards, to where you're not out until uh, one or two in the morning. Um, you know, I think I think two nights is the, is the way to go, and and you know if you can fill up a building twice. Um, As opposed to once, if you're a business, I don't see why you wouldn't do it.
0: Oh, exactly. Like you had, what was it? A hundred thousand. The last time they went to Jerry world, allegedly a hundred thousand, I should say. And you (laughs) want to pay like 70 K both nights is 140,000. That's way more. That's more money for you, more money in your pockets. I don't see why they don't continue doing that going forward. And I have to agree with you. You have it three and a three and a half hour show and it's paced really well. It doesn't feel like it is a complete slog, but all right, right, right. talk about wrestling because I've got a whole podcast dedicated to that. Maybe I'll get you on that before too long.
1: Yeah, have, have me have me on, man. I'm around. <laughs> but before we
0: get into that, we got to get into the NBA. And before we get into the postseason itself, one team that's on the outside looking in that I was kind of surprised at was obviously one Los Angeles Lakers franchise with LeBron James. This is a team that looked to be built for that super team type feel. We saw about a decade ago with the Miami Heat. They looked like they were going to try and get back into the finals. But now they're not nowhere near it. You have LeBron James injured. Anthony Davis starting to become more of that injury-prone guy we saw with the Pelicans. How surprised were you to see this Lakers team that before the season seemed poised to be like strong, strong favorites, not even sniffing the play-in tournament?
1: Extremely, extremely surprised. I think I, I wasn't as high on uh, the Lakers as I think maybe a lot of people were before the season. A lot of people had them you know, as the hands-down um, favorite out West, especially um, considering what teams like Utah and Phoenix did last season. I don't think that that quite made sense, but um, there's no way I would have put money on them not being in the playoffs, much less not even being in the in the play-in tournament. Um, a lot of that was obviously due to injuries, as you mentioned, um, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but a lot of it was just the supporting cast. Um, Russell Westbrook bring chief among them, like, it's not – He's not the type of player, and I think it's, it's easy to say that in hindsight because hindsight's twenty twenty. but he's not the type of player who can just kind of adjust to whatever role you might need from him. He plays a certain way. That's the way that he's been successful, and it's tough to tell someone who's been um, so successful from a numbers perspective for you know, 10, 12 years to all of a sudden change the way that you do things. Um, so that coupled with some of the supporting cast members who were around uh, the team, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Um, They got some surprises from some guys like Malik Monk, but, you know, you kind of think if you have two pillars, two top, you know, top 10 guys, arguably when they're talent, when they're completely healthy in LeBron and AD, you think you'd at least be able to scrape into the playing tournament. And, and, And when they got eliminated, I was shocked.
0: I was definitely shocked as well, and talking right now with Tyler Batiste of the Athletic, it makes you wonder what's next for LeBron James because obviously he's been a big focal point of conversations concerning what his future could look like. Obviously, he's probably going to be playing out till his son Bron is ready to play in the NBA, maybe play one season with him and call it a day. But does he stick around with the Lakers this off season, or does he try and find that greener pastures? I think
1: he's. I think he's going to be in L.A. for uh, for the rest of his career. Honestly, I think he's got. So many other things, non-basketball related that are it's just easier to have access to and to coordinate, you know, from a business standpoint, if you're already in Hollywood. Um, that's not to say that he, you know, can't do that or hire people to do that if he plays elsewhere. But, you know, once he reaches, um, you know, once he reaches L.A. and he's already won a title there, but people always say, you know, oh, well, that was in the bubble. So it doesn't count. You know what I mean? I think yep. I think he's probably got a, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder to try to get it done. Um, in Los Angeles over these next couple of years, so uh, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Now he is eligible for an extension this off season. I think he's eligible for a, a two year extension because of his age. He, it can't be more than two years, so that would keep him there after next season. Um, does he sign that extension this off season? Does he wait until next off season? I think that's a legitimate question, but I don't foresee him playing for another um, franchise now in a couple of years. You guys can make fun of me and tell me how wrong I am, but. <laughs>
0: Oh, trust me, we'll have this thing archived. We'll talk about it a couple years down the road. <laughs> Whatever, I'm working for some big-name company. Maybe I'm still with the game. Who knows what's going to happen in a couple years' time when it's all when the dust does indeed settle. But we'll go to the playoffs right now, look at a couple of the matchups on tap more tonight. Don't want to look too far ahead into Sunday's action. But the Toronto Raptors, they're back in the playoffs after a brief absence last season, weren't a part of the playoffs. How impressive have you been with how this franchise is kind of kind of kept the ship afloat because for a a little bit, like after you saw Kawhi Leonard leave, I think a lot of people's expectations were that this team, after winning an NBA championship, was going to be a lot like the Miami Marlins were back in the early 2000s with Dontrell Willis and crew. Once that thing started to fall apart, it fell apart real quick. But it's really amazing to see how quickly they have become a, like basically a perennial team making it year in and year out, maybe not making it to the championship every year. But at least getting into the playoffs, it's definitely better than what they had been.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm extremely impressed. They got off to a slow start this season, um, and people kind of wondered whether, whether you know, this would be another postseason-less uh, campaign for them. But they turned it on really quickly. Fred Van Fleet and, and Pasco Siakam are, are two all-star level players. They've got a great supporting cast and a, a really good coach. And I think one of the things people kind of forget about Toronto is that that 2019 team was kind of the culmination of something that had been building um, before that. You know, with, they had Dwayne Casey was with De- Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry. You know, they were a consistent playoff team. They they were making it out of the first round. They reached the conference finals in in 2016 and and, and didn't didn't get uh, didn't get over the hump. Then I think they won 59 or so games in in 2018, um, and unfortunately for them, lost in the conference semifinals. So Kawhi Leonard was. Kind of the last piece to the puzzle, and not just kind of a one year. Let's tear it down and build it up for one one year type situation. So they've proven as an organization that they could build towards something, uh, culminating in a championship. Um, maybe this is the start of that again. If they, you know, they've got some really nice pieces. If you keep two of those core guys like Van Sleet and and Siakam, for instance, maybe you make a trade for a, a third superstar with some of the other pieces you have, Ogn and Obi you know, Chris Boucher, uh, you know, uh, other guys like that. So, yeah, it's just really exciting to, to, to see them uh, as a basketball fan, you know, not have that lull for that long. And I think it's really good when Toronto is interesting because the fan base up there, they care so much about the team. And, and um, you know, watching it on TV, it just it just looks like a fun atmosphere. And the longer you can have that in the playoffs, I think the better for the for the league as a whole.
0: I got one more for you, Tyler, before I let you yep. go. And it's looking ahead to the NBA Finals. From what you're seeing right here, right now, Who do you have coming out of the Eastern and Western conference facing off for the Larry O'Brien trophy? Number two, how great is it to have the script text back for the NBA finals?
1: The script text is great. Like it should have never gone away. I, I, as you know, I live in Pittsburgh and it reminded me of uh, when Pitt brought back its old logo, the Pitt script logo and the colors with the yellow and the blue, as opposed to the, uh, the Navy blue and gold that they had been rocking for a a few years. So, I'm all for the script, and, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and if I have to pick a finals matchup right now, this is not going to be too, uh, too surprising or anything, but I think I would pick a rematch from last year. I think Phoenix and Milwaukee. Um, I, I, I think Phoenix has been the most dominant team for most of the regular season, if not all of the regular season. Maybe that was Golden State for the first couple of weeks. And Milwaukee, you know, they're a team that they know what the regular season is about. They know what the playoffs are about. They got into a good spot. They're the three seed. It's not something where they have to overexert their energy during the regular season to to get there. They know how to get it done. They just got it done. And there's a lot of questions with the teams in the East. Miami, um, you know, with with you know Eric Foster and Jimmy Butler had a, a a snafu earlier in the season. You know, there's questions there. There's still some questions about James Harden, whether or not Brooklyn is going to be um, you know what we all thought they would be. So I think I would just play it safe, go with Milwaukee and then Milwaukee-Phoenix, and I think I would probably pick Phoenix if I had to pick a champion right now. But next week I might uh, feel differently.
0: Tyler, appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the beginning, the official beginning of the NBA playoffs. And You take it easy, brother. Take it easy. See you.